Bankster Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Badgett, and this is episode 17, Trump and the Fed. Every episode, we dive into the intricate world of central banking. I use one or two pieces of news from the Federal Reserve or monetary policy from around the world to summarize, translate, and explain a few points from the central verse. Now, the central verse is the deep, the fascinating, the ever-changing, and the incredibly consequential world of central bankers and the economies they attempt to support. Most of the world was surprised as Tuesday night turned into Wednesday morning and Donald J. Trump was leading in the race to become the next president of the United States of America. Prediction markets, polls, and pundits alike had all predicted a pretty clean Hillary Clinton victory. However, before the morning broke it, had broken, Hillary had called to seed the race and congratulate Trump for winning. I had planned on doing this week's episode on the term quasi-governmental and the makeup of the board of directors of the Federal Reserve Banks, but it seems more appropriate to push that one back until next time. One inevitable question that has bounced around every family, household, business, and group around the world is... How will Trump's victory impact me or impact us? Well, the Federal Reserve, as an institution, does not answer this question. In fact, at least for the past few elections, they have not released a press statement in regards to the results of the race, period. So, I have spent the last few days looking into how the Federal Reserve is impacted by a change in the U.S. presidency. There is, a quite, there is quite a bit being written around this now and will be in the coming days and months, uh, but on this episode, I'd like to summarize the main impacts by breaking them down to, into three areas. Number one, interest rates and everything that goes into deciding what and where interest rates should be. Two, senior leadership positions at the Fed. And third, regulatory laws and how they are enforced. As a quick side note, before we dive in, yesterday I woke up with a terribly sore throat. Uh, so it's lingering just a little bit. Uh, so if my voice cracks or sounds a bit echoey, I apologize. That's also the reason why it's coming in uh, a few hours late into your podcast feed. Hopefully you can forgive me for that. Okay, let's dive in. Let's start by talking about interest rates. Controlling the general level of interest low or high, and the direction of interest rates, going higher or going lower, is one of the most important policy tools that the Federal Reserve has to accomplish its goal of maintaining a healthy economy. Uh, the next opportunity that the Federal Open Market Committee, or the FOMC, will have to make a decision about interest rates will be at their meeting in the middle of December. Through the communications of the members of the committee, from speeches and the published meeting minutes, we can get an idea of what they are thinking, or at least what they were thinking. A thorough reading of the notes and statements shows a pretty strong possibility of an interest rate increase at the December meeting. This would be a pretty big deal since it's the, it would be the first increase since last December. But how has, this, how has their thinking changed since the election? Well, unfortunately, we don't really know yet. But here's what I was able to find. The members of the FOMC did not mention specifically the presidential election directly in the meeting notes thus far in the first six meetings of the year. However, we still don't have the meeting notes from the most recent meeting, November 2nd. So no hints from the official meeting notes. 
I then looked at all of the recent speeches by the 17 members of the FOMC, and only two of them have spoken since the election on Tuesday. James Bullard of the St. Louis Fed and Neil Kashkari of the Minneapolis Fed. President Bullard's speech was well-prepared and scripted before the election. He spoke on a mathematical equation he uses when thinking about what the interest rate should be. But he mentioned nothing about the election. Neil Kashkari, well, he spoke at a slightly more dynamic event, a question-and-answer series at a small Wisconsin town's Chamber of Commerce. Kashkari was asked about the impact of a Trump presidency on the Fed, and he gave a pretty generic response. Quote, The Congress has said to the Fed, we are going to leave you alone to set monetary policy and not interfere. And the quid pro quo is we are not going to get in their business. We have worked very hard to steer clear of anything in terms of partisan politics. Close quote. This is pretty standard. Don't expect to hear Fed officials get very involved in partisan politics or make any strong comments in regards to the results of the election. However, one thing that the Federal Reserve does talk about a lot is uncertainty. In fact, Loretta Meister, president of the Cleveland Fed, dedicated her most recent speech entirely to the topic of making monetary policy in an age of uncertainty. And one thing that a Trump presidency brings is a lot of uncertainty. Markets' knee-jerk reaction was to sell, sell, sell. Asian markets opening in the early morning U.S. time dropped significantly. The Japanese exchange quickly lost nearly 6%. However, by the time the markets opened in the United States, investors' sentiments had reversed their course, and both U.S. and European markets ended the day higher. This increase in in volatility is expected when something as unexpected as a Trump presidency happens. Luckily for the FOMC, they still have a month before the meeting in December when they'll have to make their interest rate decision. They'll be able to see how the short-term indicators like financial markets react after the initial shock of a future Trump presidency wears off. So, to our first of three questions of the day, how will Trump affect the next interest rate decision? Well, here's my take. It won't have much of an impact at all. Don't count on the Fed breaking its tradition of keeping partisan politics at arm's length Instead of directly referencing the election, they will mention most likely uncertainty in the economy, which has increased because Trump won. However, interest rates are still very low, and most believe that the Fed will continue with their interest rate hike in December. The futures market still have the probability of a Fed rate increase in December at 72%. Okay, on to impact number two, senior leadership at the Fed. Although the president of the country and the federal government in general do not have a direct hand in the decisions about interest rates, they do have a direct hand in choosing who some of those people at the meeting are. Each of the governors of the Federal Reserve are nominated by the president and confirmed by the Senate. This is where the President Trump will have the largest direct impact. There were initial rumblings when Trump was pulling ahead that Janet Yellen, the current chair of the Board of Governors and highest-ranked Fed official, would maybe step down when Trump takes office. This is highly unlikely. Uh, Chair Yellen has spent her career at the Fed and takes the independence of the Fed very seriously. She would be sending a very political message by stepping down. Trump has made both gracious comments about Chair Yellen, saying, quote, Look, she's got a term to go. I have great respect for her. I don't know her, but I have great respect for her. Close quote. 
He's also said some pretty unsavory things about her, like, quote, I think she is very political, and to a certain extent, I think she should be ashamed of herself. Close quote. The Wall Street Journal has a great article out there that lists all of the comments Trump has made in the last year about interest rates and about Janet Yellen. As is the case on a lot of issues Trump has spoken on, there is a very wide range of opinions he has expressed. Who knows which Trump will show up on Inauguration Day? But it would be surprising and unprecedented in recent times if Trump tried to bully Chair Yellen into changing policies. The Wall Street Journal reported on Wednesday, the day after the election, that an economic advisor to President-elect Trump said that they will not seek Yellen's resignation. When her term ends in February of 2018, it is unlikely that then-President Trump will reappoint her to the position. Although he can remove her from being chair, he cannot remove her from her position as a governor, which does not end until 2024. But a chair has only stayed on as a governor after being removed as chair twice in the 100-plus year history of the Federal Reserve. And the most recent case was Mariner Eccles in 1948. Uh, You can go back to episode 7 for more info on that story. Pretty incredible. So we can be nearly certain that Yellen would leave the Fed if not reappointed. Trump would then be able to appoint a new governor and choose that new governor to be the chair of the board. So that's one appointment that Trump is sure to make to the Fed. Vice Chairman Stanley Fisher is also likely to leave when his term ends in mid-2018. However, there are currently two other open governor positions at the Fed that Trump could nominate on his first day in office. Those positions have been vacant since 2014, and with a Republican-controlled Senate, it seems likely that those positions will in fact be filled by President Trump. This won't directly affect the other 12 members of the Interest Rate Setting Committee, uh, who are the presidents of the Federal Reserve Banks spread out across the country. However, as you'll learn on the next podcast episode, it will affect the board of directors at each of those banks, and they're the ones that choose each Reserve Bank's president. So to our second question of three today, how will Trump affect the senior leadership of the Fed? Here's my take. Quite a bit. In two years from now, at least four of the seven board of governors will be President Trump appointees. How they will affect the workings of the Fed is, at this point, completely unknown. Okay, on to impact number three, regulatory laws. time to go into deep details about all of the potential impacts of all of the potential laws that the new Republican Congress may pass and President Trump may sign. So instead, I'll just list and briefly explain a few that are likely to come up and to be debated. The first and potentially most impactful is a law from the audit the Fed camp of ideas. Go back to episode eight to hear more about this question of the Fed being audited. Uh, But basically, what an audit the Fed bill would do is take away some of or all of the independence of the Federal Reserve. Most bills in this camp want to set limits, restrictions, or requirements on how the FOMC chooses what interest rates will be. Another camp of bills that might come up under a Trump presidency is new or amended financial regulation acts. After the Great Recession of 2007 to 2009, Congress passed the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act. 
The new Republican-controlled government may decide to reopen the act and make changes to how banks and financial institutions are regulated and who regulates them. Operationally, this would have a very large impact on the supervisory role that the Federal Reserve plays in the economy. The final camp of bills that I'll mention today is fiscal stimulus packages. This might include spending on infrastructure and the military, as well as taxes. Remember that when interest rates are low, the Fed is providing monetary stimulus to the economy. So, if the government begins to add stimulus from their side, well, the Fed may feel more comfortable raising interest rates and decreasing the Fed's stimulus. Those are a few of the bills that will most definitely be debated under a Trump presidency. We'll see how involved his administration is in shaping government economic policy and what bills actually make it to his desk to be signed. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, this episode turned out to be about the same length as all the other episodes. I'm sure this won't be the only time I do an episode on the impacts of the Trump presidency, but I hope that this was a good starter for those of you wondering what the future of the United States Central Bank may look like under a Trump presidency. And for a quick review, the biggest areas of impact are, number one, interest rates and everything that goes into deciding where they should be, two, senior leadership positions at the Fed, and three, regulatory laws and how they're enforced. As always, send in your comments and questions about the Central Race or the Bankster Podcast in general via email, alexander at thebanksterpodcast.com or Twitter or Facebook. Please open up your podcast app right now and give the podcast a rating and a review. If you go to my website, www.thebanksterpodcast.com, you can sign up to receive the show notes to today's podcast and every future podcast directly in your inbox. It's a great way to follow up on the content that we discuss and to look deeper into the central verse. Today's episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Alexander Badgett. I dedicate this episode to President-elect Donald Trump. May you surround yourself with wise counsel and succeed in improving the economy for all of its members. And to everybody else, thanks for listening. I'm Alexander Badgett, and I'll see you next time on The Bankster Podcast. <laughs>